What you are about to hear are accounts of real pro wrestling events. Some names, mostly ours, have been changed to protect the innocent. Welcome to Snap Judgments. Welcome everybody to Raw and Daughter WBU. This is your boy Justin JLB and you are listening to Snap Judgments. And uh, before we do get to, of course, the Raw recap for May 25th, 2020, I would just like to mention though, first and foremost, before I do get to that, uh, Raw and Order WBU is brought to you by the Tatnesco Network over at tatnesco.com. You can find such great shows as Tatnesco Uncensored, Carpool Shenanigans, Basement Bullshit, and of course, raw and order so definitely check that out for all your podcasting needs there's not just wrestling shows they have other entertainment shows as well so please do check that out without further ado though let's get straight to the raw recap so raw starts off uh, kicks off with a clip of honoring the men and women of the united states army and of course it's still at the live performance center the only difference this time around though the nxt stars are at ringside with plexiglass surrounding the ring ramp and in the ring we do see kevin owens at is is the start of the ko show he welcomes everyone to Raw, and he welcomes the NXT stars as well. He does mention that he is here to discuss the women's triple threat match where the winner will take on Asuka at Backlash. Owens does welcome the WWE Women's Champion Asuka to the ring. She gets in the ring and, of course, chants Becky again. Owens does say that Becky is not just the man now, but she is also the mom. Hint, there's a shirt uh, that on uh, praising her mothership, if you will. He congratulates Asuka on becoming the champion, and Asuka talks to him in Japanese. He asks for her reaction from what happened last week between her, Naya, and Carrie Zane. Asuka starts talking in Japanese. Owen looks down, looks at her and just nods once again. But of course, out comes the queen, Charlotte Flair, and Owen uh, basically does a little joke there as one of her uh, feathers flew uh, off of her uh, war- robe, if you will. And uh, Flair, though, just tells Oscar uh, that the Raw Women's Championship should have been handed to her instead. She tells Oscar that at WrestleMania 34 or on SmackDown, wherever it, where it may be, Oscar has never beaten the Queen. Out comes Natalia, though, as uh, Natalia is, of course, also going to be in this match. Natalia does mention and says she's here to actually apologize for her temper tantrum last week. And uh, uh, Flair, though, does cut her off and says not even sucking up to Owens will help her win the match. Uh, Flair then tells Asuka that she should have told Natty that she was just simply irrelevant. And then, of course, out comes Nia Jax. Nia does mention that um, she does say everyone knows she will be the next Raw Women's Champion. She walks down to the ring as uh, Owen starts to get out and says no. He definitely knows what's coming up next. Jax tells Asuka she will uh, bulldoze her at Backlash 
Owens then looks at Asuka and tells her not to hit uh, Naya in the face, whatever she does. And then Asuka basically kicks her in the stomach. Flair then also knocks down Natalia as they fight. And Asuka gets Jax out of the ring, thus building up the match for tonight. So we are going to go see that triple threat match. I did hear about this match, though, a little earlier on in the night. So I already knew it was coming. But pretty good build there in that regard afterwards we do see Kayla Braxton ask Apollo Cruz if he is ready to mentally defeat Andrade as he is facing him for the United States Championship tonight he tells her that tonight is the greatest night of his professional career because tonight he will go and defeat Andrade and become the new United States Champion your typical promo. I don't know. Not a fan of Apollo Crews. I think he's too goody two-shoes uh, promo-wise. Um, so up comes the WWE United States Championship match. Um, as, of course, Andrade is with Selena Vega into the ring. So basically the bell rings and we are underway. A takedown by Cruz as he gets Andrade in the corner and the referee breaks it up. Angel Garza we see is watching backstage and this is important because we also do see him make other references as the match is going on while he is backstage. Um, we also see a lot of back and forth action. So as the match is going on, like I mentioned, he's talking with Kayla. Garza is talking with Kayla backstage about the match. He says it's like making love to a beautiful woman. First, there is eye contact, which sends a message. Second, there is a moment between the two bodies coming together and the passion is overwhelming. Now we actually do go back to the ring. We see that Andrade is control as he hits Cruz with the double knees. He goes for the cover, but Cruz does indeed kick out. Um, and he starts to work on Apollo's left knee. He grabs his leg, but Cruz with a jumping enziguri. He lifts Andrade up, drops him, followed by his standing moonsault as well as his standing shooting star press thereafter. And he goes for the cover and gets the pin. There you have it, folks. Apollo Crews is your new United States champion. Charlie does come into the ring, ask Crews what it's like to win his first title in WWE, which I'm very shocked by. And I can't believe it, but either way, congratulations to Apollo Crews. He says that he first started this journey Everyone told him that he couldn't do it. They looked and laughed in his face, but he never gave up. It's been 11 years of sacrifice, hard work, dedication, and discipline, and he can finally say he won his first title. And he knows when his body gave up against Andrade before, people thought that that was it, that he in fact blew his chance, but he never gave up, he never quit, and now he can stand in the ring and say to the whole world that he is your new United States champion. I'm all down for that. I imagine there is going to be a rematch at backlash between these two and for some reason i see it being on the kickoff show unfortunately um we do see andrade in the back throwing stuff around he's very pissed off i think there is going to be something though with the fact that we saw garza in on backstage talking to kayla 
Uh, and they're going to mention why he wasn't focused on the match or why he wasn't out with them. Almost definitely we're going to see Zelina Vega mention that she sacrificed her body as um, she was pushed by Andrade due to Apollo Crews kicking Andrade and going on to Zelina. So there's definitely going to be uh, a turmoil event there. And eventually I think that whole duo now is just going to be finito. Um... Next up, though, we do see Seth Rollins. He says tonight is the night of celebration because he is here and he is better uh, than he has ever been. And that's all thanks to one man, of course, Rey Mysterio. Uh, Rollins says a few weeks ago he was in a dark place and Mysterio offered himself for the greater good. And he can't imagine the pain that Rey went through. Uh, as his eye was oppressed against the steel steps. Roland says he doesn't know what the future holds for Ray, but if the act was his final act as a WWE superstar, it was a courageous one. And then we see in come Murphy and Austin Theory. He says Murphy and Theory understand what it's like to be underutilized and underappreciated. And under his guidance, their ceilings are limitless. Murphy does go on... Um, to mention that he's faced obstacles in his career and he would like to thank the Monday Night Messiah to lead him on to the future and for that he thanks him. Theory also basically mentions the same thing, how the Monday Night Messiah found him and for that he thanks Seth. Rollins does uh, basically mentions that they're both welcome and it is the beginning of a wonderful night. He says they will make examples out of Umberto Carrillo and Aleister Black. So that should be a good time. Um, we then do see the Iconics are in the ring. Roy says she has to apologize since uh, she last week as she lost her cool and caused them the opportunity. Bailey says she is the one that should apologize. She got caught up in her emotions and slapped her and it makes her sick to her stomach that she hurt her. Uh, they have come far together. Royce agrees and says that they grew up together. They signed him to be contracts together. They won at the WWE Tag Team Championships at WrestleMania together and that they never ever had an opportunity to defend those titles. Roy says they should still be the tag team champions and they go on to make fun of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, as being the new champions. Bliss says they had have that the woman had had every opportunity. They complained, took cheese shots and they got them, but they blew it. Very valid and very true. Cross says they had chances as well, but Royce tells her that she doesn't get to talk. She needs to stand there and look grateful. And out comes nowhere. This amazing promo by Cross that I'm about to tell you. Cross says that they are telling her to stand there and be grateful. They have both taken the same steps to become champions. She says she left Glasgow with nothing when she came to WWE. She had no one. She had to scratch and claw for everything while Royce and Kay had each other. Cross does say Alexa gave her respect and was there for her while she was an outcast. She says that they are the women's tag team champions and that it's because Alexa stops her from bouncing off the walls she helps her focus and she can't name anything more iconic than that amazing promo she really has a huge thick scottish accent but it was still awesome to see 
uh, her do that promo. That was really spot on. That totally shocked me and caught me off guard, but it was certainly worth it. Kudos to Nikki Cross on that promo. The Iconics, though, do attack Bliss and Nikki. They take out Alexa, then double-team Cross. They do throw Alexa uh, shoulder first into the turnbuckle with both women down. Royce and Billy grab the women's tag team championships and raise them in the air. I could only imagine they're going to have another match at Backlash. And I'm all for that, especially if Nikki Cross does another promo like that. Um, we see MVP backstage and in comes Lana. He asks her if there's something he can help her with. She tells him they need to talk as MVP uses his phone. He looks at her and says, no, they don't, as he just walks away. Lana, of course, is still very upset and MVP Nora is lastly giving her any time of the day. After that, we do see a picture tribute for Shad Gaspard. Gaspard uh, on the screen but then that is it there's no other mention of anything else the commentators don't even mention anything else in that regard and I honestly felt horrible about that they could have at least said something mentioned their accomplishments as crime time or you know mention at least something WWE related and what impact they had on the wrestling industry but nothing not any kind of mention they just go straight to the vip lounge um i thought that was a little cold in that regard as usually they tend to offer a few words of their condolences and at least mention the wrestlers accomplishments and so on i thought they could have done at least a better job there um but i don't think any other company does mention a whole lot but keep in mind they were in WWE right so you would think they would have at least done a little bit more but I digress perhaps I'm just making too much of it who knows uh, either way though my thoughts go out to uh, Shad Gaspard as uh, what a horrific incident there uh, and my thoughts and prayers for the entire family as well Next up on Raw, we do have the VIP Lounge with MVP and WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. MVP is in the ring, and he welcomes the soon-to-be former WWE Champion Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre does get in the ring and throws out all the furniture. He mentions that now that is out of the way, he wants to know where Bobby Lashley is, and... MVP basically mentions, look, there's no contract, no contact. He says the full Nelson won't happen tonight, next week, or the week after, and that will be saved for Backlash. But he should just take the time to remember his last time that he was on the VIP lounge. MVP says he offered his guidance to become the WWE champion. Drew says he does remember that, and MVP says he remembers trying to be a friend. Um, and then McIntyre repaid him with a Claymore kick to the face. Drew says to just call it a Claymore. He doesn't need to add the kick. MVP didn't like that, though, as he does mention, look, when I was flat on my back at the end of that Claymore kick, he had two thoughts. One, that Drew will become WWE Champion, and that two, when Drew loses the WWE Championship, he will personally play a role in that outcome. 
I really like that. I think MVP is great on the mic, and I like uh, his bad guy attitude. It really works well for him. But he says that it took Lashley 13 years, and after 13 years, Lashley will finally get his championship opportunity, and that is because of MVP. Drew then does go on to say that it took him 19 years to get his first WWE championship, so he knows a thing or two about uh, sacrifice. Um, Drew says he has the main of uh, that he won the main event at WrestleMania and beat Brock Lesnar and beat him in five minutes. Um, and he doesn't need anyone, you know, thinking for him. He doesn't need anyone talking for him. Doesn't need anyone uh, or someone like him kissing his arse. There's one thing Lashley says that caught his attention last week, though, and that the only way he'll ever take the title from him is by taking it from his cold, dead hands. And MVP mentions that that could be arranged. Voila, out comes Bobby Lashley's music, or out comes Bobby Lashley as his music hits, and MVP calls him the future WWE champion, but as MVP turns around though, Drew hits MVP with the Claymore, and Lashley drags MVP out of there as the segment ends. So, of course, they're still continuing this up. What else are they going to do, though? I could only imagine that by them always bringing Lana in, Lana is going to be the cause of Lashley's opportunity come backlash. And that should be interesting, to say the least. So after that, we see Natalia getting uh, backstage talking getting interviewed but she then gets a call from tj uh tj is very upset with her how she lost her temper and is uh just seems to be really angry at her we don't hear what tj is saying but as she finishes the call with tj she goes back for the interview but then mentions that there is no time left and natalia seems disappointed i could only imagine with all this happening natalia is finally gonna blow her gasket and she is essentially just going to turn heel because that's what seems like is happening and i'm all down for that just as long as natalia has some charisma doing so um because she is very boring as a face sometimes and it's not fun so before the kevin owens angel garza match starts we see kevin owens come to the ring first technically but angel garza attacks him and uh, well attacks his leg rather so going into the match kevin owens is hurt uh the bell then officially does ring garza basically goes after kevin owens leg it's a back and forth back and forth action kind of ordeal um kevin owens does his swanton bomb and then does try to do the pop-up power bomb but owens cannot land it and that's when garza lands the wing clipper and he goes for the cover and gets the pin the winner is angel garza as owens does get to his feet though garza attacks the leg after the match and uh him garza and vega do walk to the back would have liked to have seen them continue the feud between garza and andrade here as well uh since we saw garza talk backstage uh but i guess andrade is still upset over the championship um so now we also do see the history between the street profits and the viking raiders uh showing you basically all the games that they played from the basketball game to uh, the axe throwing, and now that it is going to be a golf 
uh, game amongst the two teams. Um, so we do see that they're originally playing golf, uh, but they are actually kicked out as the golf attendant kicks them all out due to loud noises. Uh, we do see that the Viking Raiders uh, basically can't uh, hit the ball properly anyway, so it's probably a good sign for the Viking Raiders. They do go on to play mini putt, where once more uh, the street, uh, where the street profits and the Viking Raiders seem to both be doing good. Viking Raiders do have a score of 144, while the street profits finish with uh, 28. Viking Raiders are celebrating, all happy, but the Street Profits then tell them that in golf, the team with the lowest score wins. Um, we also do see an homage to Happy Gilmore here as well. The alligator is an alligator scene um, as part of this whole segment on the range as the Viking Raiders start to pull... Um, stuff from the from like red cups and a piece of chicken and so on and so forth but i do enjoy that the alligator scene because that's where the golf ball is kind of cool plays off when gibbs lost his hand in happy gilmore to the alligator so pretty cool stuff there uh i wonder if maybe adam sandler is gonna get involved with um with wwe maybe not um but it was just still pretty cool to see so back at WWE though, the Performance Center, MVP and Lashley um, comes to Lana. She offers MVP a bag of ice. They say they don't need ice and that he has to prepare um, for Drew McIntyre. And that this was 13 years in the making and they need to send a message back to Drew. He gives her back the piece of ice as both men walk away and Lana just slams the bag in a fit of rage right on the floor. Again, Lana's definitely doing something here for sure, for sure, for sure. It's almost a certainty. Um, after that, we do get Murphy and Austin Theory with Seth Rollins uh, going up against Umberto Carrillo and Alistair Black. The bell rings and uh, Carrillo and Theory are in the ring first. And this is a pretty decent match. It goes back and forth. It essentially ends with Carrillo being tagged. Black climbs the top rope, but Murphy pushes him down and Carrillo knocks Murphy down too. Theory though does hit Carrillo with the ATL. He goes for the cover and gets the pin. What's interesting is after the match, as we see Black is thrown into the timekeeper's area, Rollins directs traffic as he tells Theory and Murphy that Carrillo has to learn. They drag Carrillo towards the ring steps. Black now is in the ring with a chair as Seth tells him not to move or Carrillo loses an eye. He says he knows that he wants to fight for Rey Mysterio, but Rey sacrificed himself. Rollins tells Black to get the chair out of the ring and Black kicks it away. Rollins does tell Black not to make him sacrifice the two of them the way he did Bray. Murphy and Theory then throw Carrillo as Seth grabs the mask and they walk away. So, I mean, I really like what they are doing with Seth Rollins and the whole Monday Night Messiah thing. Um, Ray is going to have a retirement ceremony next week on raw and i could only imagine that it's not going to be and that ray will be facing seth rollins 
uh, at Backlash or something along those lines. Because I highly doubt Rey Mysterio is going to um, take that uh, face for face value and just put his tail between his legs and run. Rey Mysterio definitely doesn't do that. I would also imagine that maybe Dominic will actually be coming in as well. Um, there was talks last year that he was still training at the Performance Center. So they mentioned it would have been about a year, a year and a half, and it's around that time. So maybe we'll actually see Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, come through. Um, we do see a great promo by Edge as well. He tells Randy that maybe he was basking in the WrestleMania glory, but it doesn't happen often. Orton threw the bait and he bit. And now he finds himself doubting his ability. Can he hang anymore? He was retired for 3,212 days. And in that time, Orton actually competed in 1,126 matches. He, in fact, did the research. And now he's looking at it. And he realizes that he has to prove himself. And strangely, he does want to thank Randy because he made him contemplate things that he had buried very, very deeply. Edge says, uh, now here he is. Uh, he mentions that he saw the interview that he did for the Undertaker documentary uh, saying that Undertaker just needs to know when it's time to hang it up. But now that he's in that position, he does get it and tells Randy that if he wants to doubt his wrestling ability, he has he has hung with people like The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, Owen Hart, Mr. Perfect, Davey Boy Smith, and the list goes on. And every style he had adapted to, and it was his job, he pulled people up to his level. He says he taught guys how to get to the next level. That was part of his job then, and he was damn good at it. Um... He knows Randy is paying attention and everything he said was in the past tense because he doesn't know if he can do one, any of these things anymore. But at Backlash, he is going to dig very deeply into his soul to try. Good promo. Great. I like the whole statistic thing. Really enjoyed that. Thought that was spot on. Um, we do then see a match is made between the Street Profits and MVP and Bobby Lashley. Essentially, they went out from the golf course back to the Performance Center. And uh, basically, this starts off with MVP mentioning that instead of playing games, they should act like champions. And this is ultimately very disrespectful. And they challenge Lashley and MVP to a match. And MVP uh, hopes that they are up for it. And mentions to them that they should bring the smoke. After that, we do got the triple threat women's number one contender match for the, uh, as it's Charlotte Flair versus Natalia versus Nia Jax. This match is pretty awesome. I love Asuka's energy, of course, on commentary. That's always fun. It's a back and forth action. We see Nia Jax get thrown into a table, uh, the announcer table, rather. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. But ultimately, as we all expected, Nia Jax does take the win. Flares ends up going outside. Jax lifts Natalia and hits her with the Samoan drop. And she goes for the cover and gets the pin. So, of course, that happened. And it will be Nia Jax versus Asuka for the Women's Championship at Backlash. 
I'm still hoping Nia Jax doesn't win. I don't want to see it. I don't think anyone wants to see it, and I'm done with it. Stop pushing her. It's not going to work. It's going to be another Roman Reigns situation where the fans weren't ready for Roman, and you just pushed it into our throats. And I don't know if there's a coincidence there, but they're doing it with another Samoan. So quite odd. I'm sorry, Naya. It's not your fault, but it is your fault. Sorry, not sorry. You should not be in the title picture. I would have much rather have seen Natalia because at least that might have been a great technical matchup. We do see that Drew McIntyre gets informed that MVP and Lashley do have a match. He does mention that he might just stick around to see that match happen. Uh, there then goes, uh, shows a clip of the 24-7 championship being won at WrestleMania. Of course, Gronk was the one that won it. Our um, truth is then shown showing a clip that he realizes it's not Tom Brady that has the championship, but that it's Rob Gronkowski. He says, shame on Rob for winning that title. He says he will tackle any football man out of there to win that championship. And R-Truth then puts on football shoulder equipment. We do then see a nice little promo by Rob Gronkowski. He cuts a promo saying he's a nice guy. He says he knows R-Truth fought hard for the title, but that's in the past. He is the present and the future. He says he is prepared to fight anytime, any place, and he tells R-Truth he has eyes in the back of his head as he places his sunglasses in the back of his head. Um, kind of cheesy, but whatever. I like it. It's cool. At least Rob Gronkowski did something and they're actually doing something with the 24-7 championship. Um, and now we get, we got an announcement saying that Ric Flair was going to, uh, announce who he thinks would win between Edge and Randy Orton. I originally thought that Ric Flair would actually be there. Uh, but seemingly it's just a video package. And Ric Flair cuts a promo about he has participated in more great wrestling matches than any man to ever walk the aisle. He says they asked him about the outcome of what many consider to be the greatest wrestling match ever. And ever since he stopped jet flying and limousine riding that the greatest wrestling performer has been Randy Orton. And that is the man who will beat Edge at Backlash. So I'm still upset that they're calling this the greatest wrestling match ever i still don't know why you're calling this the greatest wrestling match there's no point you're putting so much emphasis on this match and you're marking it up so much and it's not going to deliver this has to be an a plus style match now which i highly doubt you're going to do don't even know why and considering both wrestlers aren't uh, their bag isn't technically to be the most technical. Edge is known for his TLC matches. Randy Orton is known for his hardcore matches. They're not known for their great wrestling matches. They're known for their great wrestling matches with stipulations. So no idea what they're doing here, but it is what it is. And WWE is going through with it anyways. That is that. So after that, we do see another video package by Liv Morgan, and I forgot what they called this one. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Uh, Live Her Best Life, I think is what it's called or something. Liv Morgan says her biggest stumbling block in life has been her own self-worth. She never felt good enough. She never... She, well, she remembers being six years old, wondering what the big thing in life 
uh, had in store for her and she didn't know if she would hit the sun or crash and burn. But she finally found the WWE and got her first piece of wrestling gear with her name on it. She might not know all the answers because her life keeps changing all the questions, but what she does know is she's alive and she is going to fulfill what she's destined to be. She is living her best life. Um, Kind of done with these packages. I really feel like they don't know what to do with her anymore. Maybe they're trying to up her promo game. Um, but I mean, I don't know what it's necessarily doing. It almost feels like it was something that they were doing with Seamus. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just going to fall flat, I feel. And it sucks because Liv Morgan should just be out there wrestling. Screw these little promo things. I mean, it was cool at first, but then it just got stupid. And yeah, I'm done skis with that. Um, after that, we do got the main event. It's the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits versus MVP and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this match goes on for quite a bit. Um, essentially... Um, it ends with Dawkins, basically, they're, he's hitting Lashley with the right hand onto the outside, Ford throws Lashley into the barricade, Ford is tagged in and spinebusters Dawkins, um, uh, Ford with a huge splash on MVP, he goes for the cover, but... Uh, here comes Lashley and gets the full Nelson on Ford. The referee counts to five, though, as Lashley doesn't break it. And then it forces the referee to ring the bell and and uh, call the match. So your winners by disqualification, the Street Profits. Kind of a crappy way to end. The match was semi-par, I guess. Uh, Drew McIntyre's music does hit, though, and out comes the champ. Drew gets in the ring and... Uh, and uh, the Glasgow kiss by Drew as both men brawl onto the outside of the ring. The fight gets back into the ring and referees call for more backup. Um, and out come some WWE Performance trainees. Drew gives them both the Glas Glasgow kiss. He turns around and Lashley hits him with the spear. The referee then calls for more trainees to the ring, but both men then beat them all up as well, and they continue to start fighting each other. More trainees do get into the ring to break it up, and they finally do. And thus, this is what ends Monday Night Raw, which I guess is your main storyline, so certainly a way to end it. I thought Raw was decent um, in that regard. You know, the, the women's match was good. The KO segment was decent. Um, you know, I wasn't too crazy on the tag match necessarily. Did like the build-up, though, uh, between Lashley and Drew. Not sure how much I care about the title. Uh, about the match, rather, itself. Um, Nia Jax winning the triple threat. Not a huge fan of. I'm sick and tired of them pu pushing Nia. Uh, down our throats, but we shall certainly see what happens. I doubt she'll win. You better not take it off, Asuka. I'm telling you now, that's a ridiculous thing to do. What is going to happen between Angel and Owen? What is going to happen between uh, Angel and uh, Andrade? Andrade lost the championship to Apollo Crews. That's great news there. Uh, so a lot of cool things happened. We shall certainly see, though, what happens next week. 
Um, since this is quite uh, a little bit late, I do have your raw rating, which I will break down for you as always. So the ratings weren't good, I'll tell you that much, as Raw drew an average of 1.735 uh, million viewers on the USA Network, and this is even down from last week's 1.757. So last week I mentioned that it was the second lowest Raw rating ever. Well, this one takes it as the second lowest. Still the lowest, though, is from May 4th, which drew 1.686 million. I mean, still a huge number, but still really, really low for Raw. So the average ratings for each hour at 8 p.m. it did 1.806, 9 p.m. 1.726, and at 10 p.m. 1.673. So you know it's telling in that regard now they actually do have fans so maybe people will start liking it a little bit more having the crowd there does indeed help out uh i feel i do like the plexiglass situation i think that is cool i especially like it when the wrestlers come down the ramp i think it's cool to see the mirrored image of the titan tron and all that they look a little squeezed but you know the risk is certainly worth the reward um, so I like that. I like that they changed that there. Samojo apparently is going to be the permanent commentator now on Raw. Uh, this is off a dirt sheet though, not officially said by the WWE, uh, but it is said that he will be officially be replacing Jerry Lawler. Um, and you know, I'm down for that. Essentially Lawler never provided anything funny anymore and he wasn't that great. So, uh, you know, Lawler could just continue on with his podcast and um yeah that's pretty much it so all in all uh not bad raw um i think last week's raw was a tad better i'm happy that apollo cruz finally won his championship there and they're just kind of continuing everything letting the ball roll i'm gonna wrap this up though i've already spent a lot of time uh average rating my rating i'm going to give it a three out of five happy that the crowd is there though it certainly adds a little bit more liveliness to what is going on um so that's pretty awesome and that is it that is all sorry for the little late review here but better late than never i get it never late is better but we are here and that is it please do follow us at Raw and Order WBU on Twitter. You can also follow me at JLB420. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio 8. And uh, at anchor. or rather anchor.fm slash RTR is where you can find all my social links and stuff like that. Realtalkradio.ca is the website coming 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 i'm working out the layout i'm taking my sweet time with it though patience is a virtue as they say but that is it thanks again for listening it's your boy justin jlb and i am out ciao for now